It's the 85th edition, second of which is in quarantine. Are you sheltering in place? We hope so. Welcome back to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. We are, uh, for the first time ever, doing this in separate locations. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. The 85th edition, second of which is in quarantine. But we technically met in person the first time. Uh, and I, it wasn't second really... Second of which should have been in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. The first of which, second... If we were playing by the rules, it would have been the second. There you go. But we don't, we don't play by the rules well. because we're rebels. Yeah, we break rules. <laughs> we break rules and we get people sick. We're rule break. Oh, well. Really yeah. old people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just just people are going to die anyways. Uh, welcome Sorry, back. Dude. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We're podcasting. You're listening. Virtually. Virtually. Yeah. I'm here by our less than... Yeah. I actually sound good, and I know I do. You sound a little off. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit tinny. I apologize for that. Man, how – obviously, the stock market sucks, and for good reason. Yeah, I know. I started investing earlier this year. <laughs> Whoa, that was great. Dude, invest in uh, Zoom, though, right? I know. After, invest, yeah. Invest in Zoom and ventilators and face masks. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about today, Brandon? Mainly altered carbon. Yeah, let's be honest. We all have more time for the most part, right? So yeah. more time to absorb this content. So yeah, we're going to talk about Altered Carbon Season 2. It's been out for a few weeks. One of us finished Hunters. The other one hasn't started it. And that is going to be something that we'll probably talk next episode. Hunter. I would think, though, yeah. I got to catch up with that. Yeah. Um, but we did, you know, you weren't finished with it. And, and so we figured out we'll, we'll hold off. But we both finished Altered Carbon. We really want to give ourselves on that. Oh, yeah. Super hype on that. And then some other things. There's like games that are worth playing. And uh, we're going to talk about that and basically just uh, do a little status update as to all that we've been uh, doing these last few weeks. We're getting into that and a little bit more. But first, before we dive in, it's our time-honored tradition. It's today's fake sponsor. Brandon, tell us a little bit about it, if you would, please. Oh, well, I'm going to let this thing kind of speak for itself. But, you know, it's important to say we usually don't take a political position. All right. But you know what? Screw that when somebody gives us money. So here is our politically biased fake sponsor. Donald J. Trump. Mike Pence. As a patriot, you are no doubt familiar with these names, as these men are the highest elected officials in the greatest country of all of God's green earth, the United States. And my fellow Americans, if you're anything like me, you love every single word of factual truth to come out of the mouths of these two men. I'm an extremely stable genius, okay. But have you ever thought to yourself, something's missing? Well now, we have your answer. It's all the quotes you know and love from our fearless leaders with a little musical influence. It's Trump Pence Trumpets. This four disc set contains all the great sayings from Donald Trump and Mike Pence with a musical rendering of Trumpets. Here's a sample of what you'll get from Trump Pence Trumpets. I know words. I have the best words. So here's the story, folks. Uh, number one, I am the least anti-Semitic person that you've ever seen in your entire life. Because space is the world's newest warfighting domain. Amid grave threats to our national security, American superiority in space is absolutely vital. When Mexico sends its people they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems. 
They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Uh, we first went through Russia, Russia, Russia. I think, uh, I think it's inarguable uh, that Vladimir Putin has been a stronger leader in his country than Barack Obama has been in this country. And that's going to change the day that Donald Trump becomes president of the United States of America. It was all bullshit. No, not you, not you. Your organization's terrible. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. Your organization's terrible. Let's go. You are fake news. Go ahead. Talk about your fake news, folks. Trumpets, 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 trumpets. What the f***? Special thanks to Donald Trump and Michelangelo Pence, who have uh, not only given us that beautiful fake sponsor spot, but also are really doing a bang-up job um, getting us through COVID-19. Oh, yeah. No, because remember, the whole thing, you know, 14 days ago was a hoax. Uh, don't get political, yeah. but so tempting. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? The, the one thing I can't wait for, I heard that if Trump pens, Trumpets, uh, sells really well, they're going to do an all-tweet edition. Oh. Yeah. Sure Which is like keyboard is. clacking. <laughs> no, no trumpets. It'll just be scored by keyboard clacking and just like ducks honking or geese. Cool. Do ducks honk? Ducks quack. Geese honk. Mm. That is that is too much foul discussion for me. Oh, nice. Every time I get off the rails, I just feel like saying random, random. You know, that could be like our new signature thing. Eighty-five no, episodes, then almost four years old. It probably shouldn't be. We could do it retroactively. No. Just go back and re-edit all the old episodes. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have more time. Damn, dude, you look good. Oh, thanks. By the way. Getting a lot of rest, even though, actually, you know, work, has, you been, work has been ridiculously crazy today. Well, Same here. It's been ridiculously crazy for the past couple of weeks. So I know that yeah. there are people who are in their homes and they're, um, you know, things are really slow. And I, and I actually feel really bad for those who lost their job. I mean, my, my mom is a, a server and it's going through that right now. And, and so. No doubt. But, you know, for the people who are working from home and trying to figure out, like, how the entire thing, I guess the entire business changes, uh, are actually really busy right now. And I'm going yeah. through that. I work with education, and they're trying to figure out this whole thing as they finish the school year all virtually. Yeah, my daughter is uh, on Zoom as well. Uh, just as of this past week, they, they did a trial run last week. And she's doing the thing, and they're like doing school from like nine to one. It's, oh, I mean, it's just, it's a good response. It's better than nothing. You know, I, I think, I really think that this is gonna, this is forcing us to almost change the way that we connect with one another in a bit. Like, yeah. in a bit, a little bit is what I meant to say. I'm with um, you. But, you know, people are gonna be getting used to connecting with their friends or colleagues via, zoom or whatever other virtual platform schools are going to be used to doing distance learning from now on and so you know here in california we have fires or floods or both every year uh whenever school is going to be out they're gonna be like yeah no big deal we're used to this we'll just easily make that switch we're in beta right now for future epidemics and pandemics and whatever type of demics academics <laughs> what other demics Ooh, are there pandemic academics yeah, we're like literally we're in beta right now. And I think the response along most fronts has been, well, 
we'll figure positive. It out. I'm busier than I was before all this started. Uh, you know, I work with uh, a local ISP. And guess what? With all the people now working from home that weren't before, oh, the demand has gone that. way up. Like, well, yeah. yeah, people need good internet. And um, I'm not going to promote my company or anything like that, but we can provide that to them and uh, with service and a smile. Integrity, too. Hey, you want to talk about what actually we are actually supposed to be doing? Altered Carbon? Uh, that seems like a great place to start, yeah. That, let's make it our topic of the week. Ugh. I thought we swore that off because the week thing. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. Let's <laughs> let's make that what we talk about the let's most. Let's make that our topic of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Way to improvise. Okay. Obviously, we're going to get into it with great detail if we so choose, but can you give me three words that sum up how you felt about season two? Oh, well, uh, okay. I, the biggest thing I'm feeling is three words is not as good <laughs> because I, I had such high hopes for this season based off the first season, which I loved. I, this, the first season had a lot of hype to it. And then when it came out, there was, um, you know, I felt like they delivered on the hype in season one. In season two, there was a little bit less hype. There was, you know, some changes in the actors, I guess main actor that plays um, Takeshi Kovacs. You know, Andrew Mackey is now yeah. playing him. And and so there, I, I feel like there wasn't as much of a buzz this time, but there was a, a lot of buzz because Anthony Mackey was taking over the role. And I was totally on board with that. And I still am. I think he did a good job. But overall, I felt, and, and so did my fiance, because we watched it together, we both were a bit disappointed because I, we couldn't help but put it up to a, a bar of what the first one set. And I think this one kind of cruised underneath it. It wasn't bad, but it just felt disjointed in some parts, and it just didn't feel as big or new or creative as the first season. I think that was three words. So what were those three words? Uh, everything else you said. I'm not you. as good were the oh, three okay. words. My bad. Not as good was the three words, and then the rest of it was an explanation of the three words. <laughs> okay, okay. And, you know, we'll break it down, but my three words are bigger, and I'll explain what I mean by that, blacker, <laughs> <laughs> and what's alliterative, um, equal. Yeah, I was going to say equal. I I liked it as much as season one. Hmm. I liked it in other ways more, in some ways less. Altogether, I'm still, I'm an Ultra Carbon fan. Speak to your point. Um, Season one was huge and big. And, you know, it's always nice being the first of something, like introing yourself, you know. First impressions are usually, you know, the most memorable ones. And, you know, obviously this is an expansive sci-fi world with lots of when basically immortality is the new norm and it had a nice undertone of time travel and rebellious factions and dynamic relationships and re-sleeving and all that stuff. And they still keep going with that. And I like it. I thought, though, that they abandoned a lot of the side characters from the first season. Yeah. Like Montoya or whatever her name was. I'm sorry, the cop, um, the dude whose daughter's taught. Ortega. Ortega, thank you. The dude, I'm going to forget his name too, whose daughter is caught in that loop that Poe ends up like kind of rescuing. Wasn't it uh, Elliot or Vernon, Vernon Elliot? 
Yeah. I'm looking at the IMDb now. Yeah. Yeah. And though they pay attention to them in that split second, if you remember that uh, yeah, scene that where. One scene. But that was it. I was just like, ah, I could have used more of like the side characters. And granted, they tried to develop new ones. The side characters in this one didn't work for me as well. And I like, um, uh, crap, you're going to have to pull more IMDb. The, uh, the bounty hunter. Trap. Yeah, but all I could see was that's just Misty Knight. I know that sounds weird. Right. No, but I just like, what's Misty Knight doing in here? Like, is it a shared universe between her and Luke Cage? Cool hair uh, or, for Misty Knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved Anthony Mackie. I thought he added weight to this. Now, he wasn't as like cool looking, per se, as uh, Joel mm-hmm. Kinnaman, who played him the first one. But I really lo- think his facial expressions and just like his, you know, he's got obviously, you know, 20, 15, Almost 20 years, I'm going to say, because I first saw him in 8 Mile, and that was 2002 already, just so you know. Um, you know, how many years he's been acting. He just brings a real presence and a weight mm-hmm. to to the role. It was um, to see the original Takeshi Kovacs back. That was awesome. Will Young Lee. At, like, I thought that worked out surprisingly well, because you had kind of an older version of Takeshi Kovacs, and then you had a newer version kind of battling it out. Yeah, and we um, got to see him in real time. Person. Yeah, but ultimately they're the same person, and so they're going to come to ultimately the same conclusion on the current events, which I thought, yeah. that, was, I thought that was done really well. Yeah, and sorry if uh, I'm cutting you off here, but I really like that. I like how we did get to see uh, Takeshi in his original form, now in real time, uh, meeting his future self. It had that, like, looper vibe to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, in a world where they have clearly already set up from the first season further exemplified this season that um, there's a whole dark practice and a seedy underbelly to all this identity replication and re-sleeving and immortality. It actually makes sense that double sleeving, which I think they mentioned the first season and it's like a forbidden practice uh-huh. is a, is a possible thing. And we got to see that. And I was like, I like that. That's cool. Um, we got to see more of Kel, uh, Kel Chris Falconer. Yeah, she she played Which is a badass name. Huge role. It is. It's her fake name. She gave it to herself. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that. And it was good to see her again too. Um Again in real time. Yeah. Let me ask you a question though. Um when you say that you feel like this is bigger, what do you mean by that? Because I actually felt ah. that season one was bigger. Everything and I'll and I'll explain why. Everything in this season, in, sec- in the second season, felt like it was in a small part of this town on Harlan's World. Mm-hmm. Um, because all of the scenes just felt like they were in the same city area. They kept on walking back and forth through a bunch of people where there's shops around and stuff. But it always felt like the same area. Whereas when season one happened... It felt like, I mean, they were using aircrafts and they were going to these completely different looking locations. Um, so it just felt to me that season one was bigger. So yes. So I, I, if, you, if we're talking like map size, like relating it to like a video game, yes, it was bigger and you got to see more of this futuristic world. I completely agree. This one was a little more bigger in scope, not just like the physical sense, the physical world, but... I feel like the things they're working towards and the bigger plot, it's bigger. You know, there's more implications. Like last season, um, 
I remember like the whole introduction to everything was because of, Oh, who killed my wife or whatever. Right. Or who killed me? And I'm a hologram. Yeah. I, I have it somewhat wrong, but it's that millionaire guy, right. The one of the, um, the Mets yeah. or whatever. The guy from the following oh, yeah. the, that old show. Yeah. Not old James Purefoy, Purefoy, something Andrew. like that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And McAvoy all together in one harmony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when, um, and that was kind of the introduction and it just was more like a big kind of murder mystery introducing the characters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this one, like there's more at stake. There's sort of more like okay. possible world ending stuff. So that's what I meant by bigger, but I agree with you and your point. And I almost thought that too. I'm like, gosh, we're back at this like Japanese dude's garden again or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to learn more about the founders. I like that. Um, and the, the, only world real... parts, the whole world in itself, like, right. Well, let me rephrase that. We learn more about the history. I yeah. think we actually, there, there is a benefit to being, and you mentioned this earlier, but the first season was able to make a good first impression. It was able to set the world up through a story, like a murder mystery story, so that we were introduced to how the world works, right, through yep. the story. And they did it very well. And I think that was one of the reasons the first season, to me, was so successful. In this one, they actually, I would say it's sort of a, a negative aspect is that they had to figure out how to write a compelling story without world building too much because they didn't have the ability to world build too much. And I felt like, I felt like in season two, they were trying to build out the um, digital aspect of the world, like how the archeologues work and um, Poe and, and, and how he kind of works as a. He's AI. He in AI. Yes. But yeah. I feel like the constructs to in which that the AIs sort of live was a it it didn't have net it didn't have rules really they were able to just right. make it whatever they wanted for the story and so I feel like it's their get out jail free card yeah I feel like that aspect of the world building lost me more than pulled me in that's one of my biggest complaints about season two was the fact that the digital constructs behind everything was, it, it didn't really make sense. It was just a bunch of squiggly holographic screens that could do whatever they wanted them to do for the story. And, um, yeah. and things didn't work when they didn't want to work and things really worked when they worked. Like it just, they, there was no um, feeling of a structure that was understood by us or even it felt like the writers. So I think that was probably my biggest complaint. We kind of, I say we, as in my fiance and I, when watching this, we constantly kind of mentioned like, well, that was convenient. That's a a fair observation. Um, I didn't notice it to that degree when I was, you know, watching it. But hearing you say it, I can think of a time or two. It's just like, hey, um, we don't really have a logical explanation by our own parameters. So here's just some flashy visuals. And that will supplement for the fact that we're just saying, oh, yeah, basically, we just matrixed our way out of this. Um, that being said, how good are the visuals? They're like movie quality in this. They are. Good. I remember feeling that way after season one. And to speak to a point, you said, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what you said, but like there's kind of like a feeling of disappointment with this season for you. I feel like the fact that they went after Anthony Mackie, knowing that he had a busy schedule last year, was not able to do it last year. Again, the two-season wait can be rough, you know, like on Game of Thrones. Granted, that was just the final season of Game of Thrones had that two-year layover. Doctor Who's done it once before. Stranger Things 
And sometimes you can lose momentum because one year, eh, you know, it's about standard. That's how seasons shoot. But two years, it's like. It's a lot. And it's a lot of, you know, to remember what had come before. Thank God for those little intros. Like I said, last time we the were talking about and the, you lose a little steam, you know, yeah. for sure. Um, do you feel based on how this season ended, there is going to be, it will pick right up where this leaves off. Do you, I mean, I'm kind of like, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? I mean, I think that this season go- picked up right away. Like it did. it's it like right in the fire. I feel like they can go anywhere. I guess the question for me personally is, are they going to use Anthony Mackie again? Or is every season going to be a different Takeshi Kovach? Um, that might be 200 years later again. I kind of like the fact that they, I, I like the fact that they gave themselves that option. I wouldn't mind seeing Anthony Mackie come back, but I mean, they've had each time, well, each two seasons, they have the main guy being the actual sleeved original Takeshi Kovach. Cool. And then a new guy playing him in this future scape. I kind of want to see someone else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I would well, say that Doctor Who in that same sense. And I think I, right. You know, I think I might have mentioned this when we first found out Anthony Mackie was going to take the role of Takeshi Kovacs. Is how, right. how it feels like the show's way of um, making a fresh start every season with a mm-hmm. different feeling Takeshi Kovacs. Uh, and I, if they take that recipe that Doctor Who's got, um, but maybe even change it every single season, I'm totally down for that. Like, yeah, and it doesn't feel like they're copying because it feels authentic and right with their own universe and storytelling. So I'd, I'd well, like to see it. The benefit to Doctor Who, as an example, is that Doctor Who's changes in the actors also comes with changes in personality, and that makes it feel like a bit of a different show. Whereas yeah. in this case, whoever plays the main character has to take on the same personality traits because that the personality doesn't change. You no, know, the, their delivery can, but like the guy is who he is. Right. Um, different exteriors, different, you know, maybe incantations of voice or facial expressions, but the spirit should remain the same. Who who would play a good Takeshi Kovach in season three? I could see like. Really? I feel like you could put anybody in there. I know that it's limitless. Like, you know, I'm a, like Brad, with Bradley Cooper. I, Bradley, I was just going to say, I want to see Bradley Cooper play. I'm not even BSing you. Were you really? Out of- <laughs> I swear to Jesus, this I was. <laughs> Although he's a little too big for the, for that, but like, imagine a Bradley Cooper like ten years ago. I can see that working. Maybe yeah. beef him up a little bit, slap some meat on that boy. I, I actually think it would be really good to see a female Takeshi Kovacs. I mean, we kind of did. Yes. We started. Oh, the, uh, when she was a lounge singer. Right. Or he was a lounge singer. <laughs> I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know about that particular female, but I feel like if we can get a fairly well-known female who can also do some cool action, I think it'd actually be really interesting. And she takes on a different personality, right? Changes her name from oh, Kovacs. How about uh, Gina Carano, the the former mixed martial artist lady who's been doing a little acting? She was in um, uh, The Mandalorian. You know, uh, she doesn't have to have overly... Fan awesome acting props, but kind of an edge. No, 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 no. See booking. We're like, oh, no, that wouldn't work. It's like, this is totally asinine because none of this is <laughs> in, under our control. I know. Is it? it? It's not though, right? It might be. Okay. 
we're kind of a big deal. We're pretty influential. It depends who's listening. Yeah. Uh, overall, let's let's put a bow on this, dude. Um, how do you want to rate it? I'm gonna rate it a straight seven out of ten. Straight seven? Yeah, straight, solid, whatever you want to call it, but just a seven point zero. Um, because I enjoyed it, but was also a bit disappointed by it. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'd give it like a solid eight point five. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that's kind of how I felt after the first season was on that level of this isn't excellent, but it's really good. Right. And uh, I hope we don't have to take another two years to have a third season. We'll see. I mean, they can go wherever with this show. I, I kind of hope they explore. I hope they have a season where they explore different worlds completely, where we feel like we are in a handful of different. Yeah. Different they've planets. mentioned like a, like a star Wars feel, right? Where you have, an ice planet, a desert planet, and different cultures and different music and everything. Like, I want to feel like I'm in a futuristic, otherworldly situation. I'd be totally down for that, and I think your Star Wars comparison is good, as long as it's not anything like Rise of Skywalker. Agree? Agree. Okay, cool. Okay, and cool. that's all Rise of Skywalker review. <laughs> so, uh, so, obviously, that was Netflix. Um, as we are in this shelter in place situation, we've got nothing but TV to watch, right? Yeah. And is there anything that you have seen lately that you want to mention that you really like, or is there anything that is coming up that you're excited about? What do you think? Well, you know, I don't want to be Netflix, but like any streaming service. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to be a trendy Tom, but, Everyone's talking about this Tiger King. I do need to check that out. I thought it was just like a doc. You meant it's a docu series, apparently. Um, so I do kind of want to check this out. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot about that, and I have not seen it. Yeah, I honestly thought it was a movie with Michael Keaton at first, like looking like a drugged out guy. When I saw <laughs> the cover or the, uh, the, you know, I was like, man, Michael Keaton looks rough. And then I realized, oh no, that's a real dude, and that's like his mugshot. Okay, I'm kind of. <laughs> Kind of interesting, and a lot of people are talking about. It. Of course, now Netflix with their new, you know, platform is like, here's top ten, here's what we recommend for you, you know. And they're like really trying to be like, not to toot our own horn, but we're awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm about to start Ozark season three. I know that we watched the first season. I want to say, yeah. Never followed up. Like, there's something about second season was kind of weak. Oh, but I love Jason. Like we talked about it. How many of our episodes ago? We both really like Jason Bateman as a straight man, you know? I just, I just like, don't think – It's like uh, – There's something about that show that doesn't pull me in. Sure enough. Uh, season three is about – it's in my queue. And then I think I want to start watching uh, Hunters. I know you finished it. You got to And watch it. I, yeah. I need to start it, yeah. Uh, let me just ask you a question. It's not a standalone series, right? There could be more, yeah? Well, absolutely. It. Yeah. I mean, the whole premise is... we got to get them Nazis. Yeah, in the 70s, there's Nazis that are hiding among us in regular, in regular everyday America that basically Nazi war criminals who, who, who came to America and kind of took up fake identities. And, and you have a group of people who are hunting them down. And it's... Such a simple premise, and I love it. It is. It's very comic booky, but also 
but like comic booky in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like every character is almost like a a good caricature. Mm-hmm. Like you've you've got these people who you could imagine being drawn in the pages of a comic book. Sure. And the way they act, you can Im- and what they say, you can imagine that being written in a comic book. But also done with like a good flavor where there's some uniqueness in it. Um, particularly things that you can tell are are Jordan Peele putting his spin on certain things. This might be an opportunity for me to say I might need to borrow your Amazon because I got a year free when I bought my TV. It's like some package deal, and I think that year's lapsed, so I might need to borrow your uh, your login credentials. And a great reminder, while we're all sheltering in place, if we're responsible, that is, uh, make sure to share your subscriptions with your friends. I said that last time. <laughs> And yeah. I've done that with like, literally, I'm putting, you know, flesh on top of words here. I've uh, been trying to share as many as my, of my subscriptions that I have under my name with people. And I encourage everyone to do that. And, you know, like, it's like the new social networking. <laughs> but, yeah. So I, I'll check that out. I need to check that out. And, yeah. uh, also, and then that can be something we talk about next time for sure. Also check length. out October Faction. I've been mean to check that out. So, I, you know how you can you know, put your cursor right over something on Netflix and it will like just let a little play, 30 yeah. second yeah. play. I was like, I'm intrigued by this. It's good. It, it's actually from another, from a comic book again, but it is good. Are we ever getting Umbrella Academy season two, by the way? I don't know. I mean, yes, we've got oh, to. Be. I was so on that. And then the ending just lost me so hard. Oh, and it I was really, not a good ending, man. Yeah. I really hope that they can, for me, turn the ship around in season two, but I feel like that's something that should be coming down the pipeline pretty soon. But uh, yeah, that's what's in my queue. Cool. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your queue too. Hey, want to talk about video games and how we are good at playing them? Yes. Yeah. All right, Brandon Green. <sighs> Sorry. That was weird. Man. Get emotional when talking about video games because I love them so much. I know, me too. Should we uh, just cry together? Oh, how are we going to cry when we don't have each other's shoulders to lean against? I can see your tears. That's enough for me. No, that's cool. You bought Doom Eternal. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I see you playing that all the time. You know, because I can see what you're watching. Because I'm, yep. Not because I'm looking through your window, but because Xbox tells me. <laughs> As long as you're six feet away, I'm cool, man. You mean whatever floats your boat. How do you like Doom Eternal? It is. I'm going to just say that I literally was playing last night. I actually finished it last night. And I thought thought to myself, that was delightfully stressful. That's the only way I can describe that game, like in a a compact uh, review. It is so effing stressful at times to the point where I was just like, I want to chuck my controller, and trust me, I have previously. So based on my previous dumb, dumb ideas, I know not to because <laughs> yeah. I can't be spending $50 a pop, you know. Um, it, but there's points in this game where you're just like, you're killing me, obviously. It's Doom. But I, I played the whole way through on normal. I had to switch the difficulty twice just because there's two stages where I'm like literally like, okay, this is day number three of trying to get past this little thing wow. 45 minutes at a time or so and i can't get through it uh, i'm really excited to let you borrow it for sure which is just the joy of still having physical discs um and for you to come to your own conclusion i liked it way more than doom 2016 
my biggest complaints about Doom 2016, we even talked about it, it's on record, go back and listen. Um, I did not like the, the conclusion, and I thought the platforming was just really basic. I almost feel like you platform maybe too much in this game, but it's, it's just better. Uh, I right. feel like it's more innovative, it's more conducive to the levels. I've seen a lot of hate for this game. Really? A lot of people. Yeah, when people give zeros and ones online, I'm like, hey, okay, you're just being that you're troll. You're just pissed because you can't pass a because, spot. Yeah. Or, or it's not, if this isn't my doom, it's, but it's like, you know what, it's... What does that even mean? I, I literally read someone saying, like, well, this isn't my doom. I'm like, right, because back in the day, technology was only so limited. And um, was the other remake their doom? Like... I, you know I wouldn't, what I mean? I wouldn't like, even pay this person. This okay. was just like one of the ones that came up first, you know. Um, I and I like the conclusion in this one. The story's not there, but then again, was Doom ever about story? Nah. No. Um, it was about gameplay and fast-paced gameplay. Gameplay. It, it's frantic as all hell. And for people who liked 2016, for people who liked any iteration of Doom before, I can't imagine you won't like this one if what you liked about the previous entries was the frenetic gameplay, the stress and the basic stuff around the immersive gameplay. And yes, it's basically like you're going through hallways from level to level until you get to basically like an arena style where, you know, yeah. it, it's really hard for you to fall off the map that's and you're very much enclosed. And that's fine. They do it so well here. The color palette in this game is amazing. The, the, I think the one misstep is you get a lot of, you know, journal entries or codex entries like all the ones before. But so much big chunks of actually, like, important storylines are given to you there. And let's face it, not everyone stops and reads those, especially, like, when you're about to be in the midst of a big firefight or something like that. There's little hubs, for lack of a better term, that you can go to and interact with them. And, like, you'll hear recordings and fill you in on a great story. But then, you know, it's one of those things as you walk further away, the sound gets distant. And sometimes you're like, oh, wait, that sounded important. Um, you learn a lot about the Doom guy slash Doom player. Sorry, just going to throw jump in there. I yeah, hate what? video games that make it so that you have to physically stop in place to hear an entire Yeah, game. I know. Yeah. Why, why do they still do that? Like, nobody wants that. Not a single player what? says, I want the game to force me to just sit there and stop Stand in place. 30 to Like my control battery died. Why, yeah, and it's one thing if it... What, what Borderlands has been doing for every game... And once you pick up an audio recorder or audio log, you can run away and you can still hear it all the way till its completion. Small thing, but yes, I completely agree. And I just feel like, I don't know, there was actually cutscenes in this game, which I don't even remember really being a thing with Doom. Right. I kind of like them. Graphically, this game is just amazing. I mean, you know, I'm playing on a very basement uh, 4K TV with an Xbox One S. I can't imagine how this game could look at full capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, and I haven't even touched the multiplayer, but uh, I really like this game. I'm this is the first Doom game I've actually bought. Uh, I think I bought Doom. No, I red boxed it for like a week, and I found a code for like five bucks for like a week or something like that. What kind um, of improvements did they put on the gameplay? Because I heard that there was a lot of just basic quality of life improvements that really made all the difference in the world. I would say a little more variety in the weapons. Mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same weapons but the way you can mod them the modding oh the modding the modding in this game is awesome uh the collectibles it's more of a a, a lively part of the game looking for collectibles to be able to because you don't have like a skill tree you 
collect everything, you earn everything. And then like uh, finding secrets is really fun. It's like something you always got to be looking for. Um, there's an, uh, a fast, a pseudo fast travel in this game, which I do not believe they had in 2016. It's been four years, but I don't remember that being part of the last one. I don't think so. Uh, I feel, feel like the en- enemy variety is better. Uh, the in-game tips are a little more helpful. Just like a lot of little things that add to just like what was a great, solid to me, like B-grade game makes this one pretty much A-grade. Although oh. I will say when it is stressful, you're like, dude, you are just being goddamn unfair right now. Like, and sometimes like your hit markers will just fill up the screen because you're just getting damage from everywhere and you can't even move. And it, it's just going to be like, okay, I need a break. Hmm. Uh, I had to take some breaks. I will say this game felt longer at points. I'm just like, okay, you could have ended like two chapters ago. Mm-hmm. But then I, I really think that the, that doesn't make for a long game per se. I think because there were sections where it was like a five minute in-game point took me 30, 45 minutes to get to because I kept dying. You know what I mean? So overall, I'm going to say this is my, aside from Doom 2, I always will love Doom 2. It's, it has a special place in my heart, but it's definitely, it's tops. I mean, this is literally like the new Doom 2. Yeah, it's <laughs> it tops. And I could easily see them making another one, but it's going to be a tough order. It's just, it's good, man. I can't wait for you to try it. Uh, what have you been playing? I have been playing Call of Duty Warzone because throw a free game my way. <laughs> Yeah, it's premium. Yeah, it's uh really sucked me in. It is quite the game compared to I mean, I know that we're bombarded with all of these battle royale games right now. Almost every franchise is going to have one before too long. But I feel like Call of Duty came out with something that really is a bit special. It is a huge world. Almost every building you can go inside, which is very hard to do for a video game. It's true. And um, I mean, in a world that big in this, you can play to your strengths. So if you are not that good, you could go in a distant location and really just build up your character. And if you wanted to, you can sneak around and hide and not engage and still feel like you were fairly successful by making it to somewhere in the top 10. Versus you know, the other option is that you can go where you know everybody's going to land and you can you can start guns a-blazing and then if you get five kills and six, ten kills in a game, whatever, you're feeling pretty damn good and feeling like Superman, even if you finish 20th in the game but you've ended with five kills, you're like, I held my own. And so yeah. it, no matter how you play, I feel like I'm – I feel like – I keep thinking about that game and going back to that game and wanting to play that game. I will admit that I can tell just like all the others, just like Apex Legends and whatever else, sooner or later, I'm going to get tired of this game and I'm not going to play it again. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. It's at no cost to you. And that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, I played Call of, or I played Warzone a few times with you, like physically before we, uh, you know, had to maintain our distance. Uh, and then I've played with you and one or two times Online, without you yeah. since. Yeah. It, it's free, so I cannot complain. And anything I have negative against the game, it's always subverted by the caveat, but it's free. Right. Um, I don't feel the weapon variety. I feel like pretty much anything that's not a shotgun or a sniper rifle is pretty much all the same. Um, 
it's almost too big of a map, if that makes I, any sense. I do hear you, but I, I like that because every once in a while, I feel like just going to the far end of a map and yeah, being my it, playing by myself for 10 minutes without seeing anybody else. Yeah, just like you could just harvest, you know, and then... Yeah, yeah. Um, your character and your weapon. I like that because Call of Duty, you know, prior, especially with its multiplayer, um, is known for just having everyone on top of each other. Look at Nuketown and some of these other more famous maps that are known for. Even, you know, some of the bigger maps really aren't that big. No. Um, so I do like that. It feels more like of a battlefield. I was just about does, to say that. Than a uh, Call of Duty. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, they're doing something. Yes. Yeah. I like you can hide the, out and you can be a sniper if you wanted to. Yeah, set a Claymore, you know. Time. But or yeah, you can you can set a set um a explosive on a vehicle and drive it into somebody. I mean, all of these things are I feel like mixed together for this battlefield and Call of Duty. Now I never played Black Ops Four, so I don't know because that was a battle royale and that was all it was. Black Ops, um, or just completely um, multiplayer, I should say. I but didn't it was, play that either. So I don't know what that how this compares. I would imagine this feels a little more adultish or a little more slower pace. I like the fact that instead of, oh, a mysterious ring's closing in on us just because that's what they did in Hunger Games, so that's what we got to do in these battle royals. It's like, no, gas is incoming. I'm like, oh, that actually kind of storyline-wise for whatever little there is, that actually makes sense, you know. Um, I need to play it more to have, like, completed thoughts, but I'd say it's it's decent and until this one becomes not fun or just, you know, toxic or whatever the case may be, but it's free. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. worth a go, and it's just an excuse now more ever that we are you know holding up at home to play with friends or make yeah. new friends we actually made like a friend whose mom were older than <laughs> yeah that was actually really funny he was like those guys like whoa you guys are in your 30 you're old and like yeah. and we were like, like, you? Like, I'm 17 i thought you were the same age and then he was like and then he commented my that my mom. voice sounds yeah I thought, it was, I thought it was really funny because you me our friend jordan who has been on this podcast in fact the last one right um and uh and this kid we're all talking in in a group and he says you guys are older than my mom and, and jordan's like is she single <laughs> <laughs> the only response <laughs> and he's like oh. she's married and he's like happily married <laughs> good fun. Uh, i thought that was awesome uh, um so you know, something i have this i have this two game thing going where i'm playing either call of duty or I'm switching gears completely, and I'm playing the new Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah. It's nice to have, like, a story game and then a uh, multiplayer game. Well, are you liking? not only that, but, I mean, Will of the Wisps is, is – it is a story. I mean, it has a story, but it's, it's more – It's a single-player game. It's just the platforming, and it's the beauty of the visuals and the music. Wow, the artwork is so good. It's gorgeous. It, I do like it, and I like it significantly more than I like the first one. I could not get into the first one very much. The but, Blind Forest? Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, yeah. yeah. And, but, but there are times in this game where I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do, game? I've and moments like those, it's like tempting to hop on YouTube and just like, all right, cut the shit. And I, I absolutely have. It, it just yeah. gets to a point where after a while I keep trying something, and I'm like, this is annoying. I don't know why this is so difficult for me or why this is not working or just simply where I need to go. And every once in a while I have to go on YouTube and check it out. And that, that kind of bugs me a bit. I feel like I don't want to be the guy that says I need more handholding in a game, 
But in this case, I kind of feel like the game needs to hold my hand a bit more. Yeah, just like one of those old school like Sega Genesis arrows for the side scroll. Like, well, this way. It's like, no shit. Yes. In the old old Fable games where you push a button and a golden little path shows you where to go. I want that. That's fine with me, considering that my... You know, I, I, I'm playing it to get through it. Like, literally, I'm playing a game to finish it. And whenever I feel that there's something that is taking me forever to and holding me back from getting closer to the finishing line, yeah. it me. Uh, it's on Games Pass, right? Yeah, it is. Such a good value. I'm yeah, so glad that they're... Man, um, I understand that... Well, I think I understand that they might be... Uh, if you are getting a series whatever these new Xboxes, the next generation of Xbox are going to be called. That it comes with Thanksgiving? What? I said that they'll just give it to you. Oh, sorry. We uh, we zoomed, zoomed for a second. It didn't work favorably, but yeah, Thanksgiving. But I, from what I understand, and this could be just me having it wrong, but they are including a free year if you're like uh, pre-ordering uh, one of the new uh, no, it's generations. Just, it's just a matter of few dollars to them yeah and so. it's such a good value it's such a good value yeah, I'm really we need it. to have an episode where we talk about the differences in the new consoles coming up because it seems like it's more I, than i understand i gotta be honest so i could use some help in sure but it seems like xbox is just taking the cake on almost every aspect there's i saw a little pie chart on reddit and i was just like i don't know exactly what those all means but i know bigger numbers are typically better for processing and <laughs> right graphics. Terra like some flops. of them were almost like, yeah, I got a teraflop for you right here, buddy. Uh, but it almost looks like some of them were like double uh, than the PS5. Yeah, yeah it it just seems like in almost every tech spec, Xbox is going to do better. But you know, you still have those. I was reading a what was I reading? I was reading uh, an article about it, and then um, oh no, it was an article about how. Some hacker stole some of the code from the AMD processor that's used in the Xbox. Super geeky shit. But in all of the comments were the anti-Xbox people who were like, oh, PlayStation's going to take it away again. Or, oh, good job, Xbox. That's why I'm a PlayStation guy. And it's like, guys, why do we have to be so freaking toxic? Like, who cares what platform you're playing on? We're all like what you like. We're all gamers. And a lot of the gamers, if they can afford it, will get both and like both equally. Like, it doesn't matter. And in some cases, if you're ultra rich like you, you can have three consoles. I know. Dude, I'm... How's your Switch? So fucking rich. Oh, it's good. It's collecting dust because they don't come up with any... Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I know Breath of the Wild was a a good $300 game, basically, right? Yeah. And it it was worth it in its sense. But, like... Uh, Nintendo just had their Nintendo Direct, and I was I was listening to another pod or mini Direct, I think they called it. And sure. I was listening to another podcast. I don't remember which one, but it was about video games, and they were talking about how incredible everything was. And they started talking about how oh, and we're gonna get a remake of this, and oh, this game is gonna come to the Switch. And the entire time, all I'm trying to listen for is anything new. Are we gonna get? Anything new? No, nothing. And remember that game from 15 years ago? (laughs) We're going to get an HD version on the Switch. I don't give a fuck. Like, 
why do they have to keep remaking all these old games for Switch? They have all these incredible first-party OTs that they could totally use. And I feel like, and I'm, I'm sure they are, but they are, they're putting all their money in remaking old stuff to put it on their console. And for some crazy reason, half the gaming world thinks that's the best thing in the world. I know Metroid's probably like, hi, I'm tired of being on the back burner. Yeah, why is Metroid on the back burner? Like, it should, they should have so much of their resources in that. Yeah. Sorry, okay, I'm going to get off my high horse, but... No, Nintendo- that's cool. I, 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 that's one of the reasons. I was like, of course I want to play Breath of the Wild, and to a lesser extent, but I still want to play Odyssey, but I'm like, I cannot justify buying a console for this. And that's the thing. Those were, like, basically... Mine. Eh. I'm not eh. using it right well, now. I'm talking, I'm talking about back in the when Switch first came out. But maybe I'll take you up on that. Um, and then I'm like, oh, cool, the portability thing. But then I thought, so what's what's past this? Because those were basically launch titles, you know? So I'm like, what's after this? And it seemed like a bleak future, unless you were just, like, so into more of, like, the niche uh, Switch and Nintendo games, which I'm really not. I'm like, I need some I need some AAA stuff. Anyways, yeah. uh, you mentioned Remake. Last thing before we get off the topic. Resident Evil 3 comes out, uh, Nemesis, and Ooh, I'm super huh. excited. I recently, because, you know, yeah, Um, I recently replayed both campaigns of Resident Evil 2, such a good game, and if this is anything like the feeling and the the thoroughness and attention to detail that Resident Evil 2 had, but with 3 storyline, I'm super in. I had a $50 gift card to Best Buy sent around, so $10 difference, pre-ordered, and I'm off on Friday, so I know what I'm doing this uh, Friday for the most part. Nice. And I'm yeah, I'm excited to play that. And then uh, a week after that, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake. Or yeah, Remaster. I'm not sure if I'll buy that. Yeah, the demo did not move me. I got to be honest it with you. It didn't move me either. You want to know something? What? I think Final Fantasy VII is one of the most overrated games of all time. As far as like, it's like legendary no, games and it. iconic. I, I just, I, and I played it. Do not get me wrong. I spent a whole summer playing it back in my dad's trailer on my PS1. Um, don't ask. And, uh, well, okay. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a, a bit further and say I think that the whole series of Final Fantasy games are a bit overrated. But that's coming from somebody who does not generally like turn-based JRPGs. So well, that and okay, so I, fair point. I probably would agree, or I do agree. And what I would add to that is, when playing this demo, all I wanted was back the turn-based back. It's like ah, just. Oh, you can play the demo, though, in classic mode and do turn-based. You told me that, yeah. So, and like, I tried if I was... it, it just didn't seem, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I want from it. I just yep. don't know if I even want it. The best Final Fantasy game, without a doubt, is outside of the series, the chronological series, Final Fantasy Tactics. And I will never be talked out of it. Not that I'm looking to be, but that's the only Final Fantasy game I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. The I rest of them are just it. like, they're they're good for you if that's what you like. It's just... Nah, never really pulled me in, even from a young gaming age. Right. I might have played, like, an earlier one, like, three, and then I played most, if not all, of seven, but I don't even remember. And then yeah, I eight was a piece of shit. I played 15, Ugh. and that's it. T- ten was pretty cool. Ugh. Hey, right. Brandon. So, we need we need to start wrapping it up. I don't even know where we're at on time. Why? Where are you going? Where do, where do you got to be? I literally have a pizza being delivered. It's supposed to be in four minutes. There better not be anchovies on that, dude. Nope. You should have it delivered in your sewer. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's make this happen. 
What do you want to do first? Oh, I know. Uh, because synopsis. I know, I know. I was just going to say, I've done this 84 times by now. I should know. I have a synopsis for you, Brandon, and you listeners at home, and I hope you get it, but I kind of hope you don't. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. When a top-recruited rookie special agent untested has to go out in the field for Carrington Institute, she receives a distress call from Dr. Carroll, and it's traced to the headquarters of the Diabolical Diabolical Datadyne, Inc. The new special agent recruit is sent to save the doctor, and as things unfold, Datadyne allies with a malicious alien race, and together they plan to ruthlessly take over the planet. Now, the CI, that's Carrington Institute, and another alien race, a more peaceful one, ally to stop stop Datadyne and their hostile extraterrestrial associates. So much of it sounds so familiar to me. I know it's a video game. Datadyne, or, yeah, Carrington and Datadyne. Like, is that Perfect Dark? Oh! Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I was just going to say, hey, do you ever have an N64? Okay. All right, now it's time for the awesome quote in geek history, which is my turn to present it today. And I thought that in the situation we're in, the shelter in place, a pandemic going literally around the world and shutting down everything, I thought, you know what? I'm going to choose a quote from uh, the movie Outbreak. So here you go. Mataba is only spread through direct human contact. Now, you said that yourself, Sam. I know what I told you, but now I'm telling you we're facing a new strain. What? It spreads like the flu. Impossible. Fine. Go to the hospital, check it out yourself. Go without a mask, you'll see more clearly. Well, that's an uplifting thought. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I just remember Dustin Hoffman and a monkey and a hazmat suit. It's Rene Russo, I think, up in the place, too, representing... Nope, it's uh, actually the entire movie is just Dustin Hoffman and a monkey. You were right the first time. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Well, fortunately, Netflix has miraculously, not to be totally advantageous of the times, uh, Been suggested that me like, yeah, and it's like top 10. That's silly. They're like, and, hey, uh, you might enjoy a pandemic-based movie, and you're like, no, actually, I don't want to see a pandemic-based movie right now. Yeah, don't need to be reminded, actually, you stupid idiots, but that's fine. Um, they provide other content that I do like. And hopefully we've provided content that you like here on the uh, Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Uh, we're getting out of here. So I hope you um, follow us and email us, randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Cool. And we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, be responsible, share your subscriptions, and thank you and don't for being a fan. Unless and don't move the house. Here. Yeah, unless you're running out to tell your neighbor how awesome this episode was. But no exceptions other than that, yeah? Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you for being a fan of our fandom. All right. Stay geeky.